0: invite you to turn in your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, as we've come now to uh, the last of our messages in this wonderful book, and Paul uh, ends with a call to prayer. A prayer for many of us is like, uh, it it sounds a lot like exercise, uh, something that we know we ought to do, but uh, just struggle to do, uh, or make attempts at it. And uh, maybe even have good intentions, but prayer is, is is something that most Christians struggle with. And so this morning, uh, by the, uh, the grace of God, I'm hoping that what we'll realize is, um, well, prayer is more available and and uh, accessible than we imagine, and the, uh, the 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 benefits that come from it are so essential that uh, we leave here just with a new vision for talking to God. Uh, talking to our Father and leaning on Him and praising Him, uh, being uh, sensitive to all His goodness and all the power that He's promised to us uh, as we pray. And so let's give our attention to God's Word. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to begin reading again at verse 10, and then we'll read through the end of the chapter. Excuse me, we'll read through verse 20. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's ask the Lord to bless Father, we thank you that the Spirit has been given to teach us and lead us and guide us in truth, and we now ask for that very precious Holy Spirit to do just that work, Lord, that our eyes would be opened to see prayer the way our Lord Jesus saw prayer, the way the saints of old approached prayer, and that we, Lord, would, would learn to pray in the Spirit at all times, For all the saints, with all supplication, for the cause of Christ, and the glory of our God, we pray it. Amen. Boys and girls, I want to start out by asking you a a, a fairly simple question this morning. It it has to do with um, human health, physical health. Uh, Boys and girls, the question is this, how important would you say uh, breathing is to physical health? Right? If uh, if you don't breathe, how healthy are are you going to be? And the answer, of course, if you don't breathe, you're not going to be healthy at all. You're going to be dead, right? That uh, Breathing is really, really important for physical health. Uh, and boys and girls, uh, maybe some of you have asthma or you know people that have asthma. People with asthma, have a, uh, they're alive and, and, and doing okay, but when asthma strikes, it's very hard to breathe. And if you have a, a really bad case of asthma or just some lung issues, you, you, you might not be able to run and play like the other, like the other kids uh, because... Breathing is really important for those activities. Breathing is critical for human health. Well, we all know that, of course. But what we see in our text this morning is that what breathing is for physical uh, health, prayer is for for spiritual health, for spiritual energy and effectiveness, for spiritual life. As Paul concludes uh, this wonderful letter to the Ephesians, he ends with a call to pray because prayer is what makes everything else that he's written about work. It's, in a sense, what lights the fire. And and uh, so, if we've just read about spiritual armor. It's what makes the spiritual armor work. Uh, we need to put it on, uh, and, and Paul promises us that everything we need for this Christian life that he's laid out in the book, in the letter, everything we need is freely given to us in the armor, but the armor becomes effective by prayer. You see, uh, the armor doesn't work all by itself. Even if you think about the sword of the Spirit, which Paul says take up and you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, but, but uh, you can own a Bible and you can even read your Bible and profess the Bible to be true and yet n- not find spiritual power in your life so that uh, you're actually <clears throat> struggling with uh, dealing with the flaming darts of the evil one. The Bible, you see, doesn't work like a religious talisman. It doesn't have magical power. Uh, The Word of God takes on power in our life as we believe it and then pray on the basis of it, as we we pray that God would use His power to transform our life. Uh, People uh, will say, um, you know, Prayer is powerful. Prayer, there's power in prayer. Actually, there's not any power in prayer. Uh, the power is all in God. Uh, prayer is what accesses that power. Ian Hamilton, in his commentary, says, prayer is what makes the pieces of the armor of God effective in our lives. As the hymn writer said so well, put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Each piece put on with prayer. Prayer engages the power of God so that the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith actually work to extinguish the, the darts of the evil one. And the, press, the breastplate of righteousness actually protects our hearts so that we trust in Christ and we love Christ. And the helmet of salvation actually um, girds our mind so that, so that we're, we're clear about the gospel and, and about God's purpose and will for us. So it's when we put on the gospel armor with prayer, that we're able to be transformed and live a life that bears fruit for the glory of God. Uh, A basic principle of the Christian life is this, that prayer is God's ordained means of communicating His saving power and grace to our life. Prayer is God's ordained means of communicating His power and His grace into your life. Uh, You you could say breathing is God's ordained means of getting oxygen into your blood so that your muscles uh, can be can be nourished and that you can uh, move about and 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 live. Right? And, and in the very same way, prayer is God's ordained means of giving oxygen into our spiritual life. Uh, that his grace and his power then actually uh, transform us and, and have impact, have power. Paul is a wonderful example of this in Philippians uh, one nineteen, Paul says this. He says, I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. He's in prison. And and his passion in prison is to know Christ and and to somehow be useful to Christ and to be be delivered from the, the enemy, the evil one. And Paul says, I know that's going to happen. And the reason he knows it's going to happen is because they are praying for him, And the Spirit is going to take those prayers and respond to those prayers, and this will turn out for Paul's deliverance, whether he lives or dies. Ian Hamilton, in his commentary, made a a helpful distinction, and he he asked this question. He says, do we believe that prayer is supplemental or fundamental? So does prayer supplement your Christian life, or is it how you live the Christian life? Is, you, you, physically speaking, right, you could use an analogy. You could say, is, is prayer uh, like taking vitamins, or is prayer like breathing? Because most of us, I think, live as though prayer were like taking vitamins. A little prayer here, a little prayer there. Uh, maybe we have set times, maybe at a meal, maybe before we go to bed, and, and we pray at those times. It's a, it's a lot like taking your vitamins. But we don't really think about prayer as breathing, which is what it actually is that that prayer is how we live, not just something to enhance our life. And if that's true, that prayer is actually spiritual breathing, well, we could easily conclude that maybe a primary cause of spiritual weakness in our life is due to how poorly we're breathing. How poorly we're praying. And this is, a, this is something that, that all of us can grow in. And Paul here um, has a just um, very tight little phrase or, 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 or a sentence here that has five instructions. And I don't like sermons that have five points because it's hard enough to remember two or three. And maybe you won't, uh, you probably won't remember any of them um, except this. <clears throat> if, if, as we go through this text, if you remember... That prayer is to be the way we do life, not a part of our life. Prayer is how we live as Christians. And that in everything, at all times, in the Spirit, we're to be praying for ourselves and for all the saints. If, 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 if we could just walk out of here with that this morning. Prayer is how I do the Christian life. It's how I live for the glory of God. And then we begin to walk that way. I think we're going to find God doing wonderful things for us and through us. Here's the five things. Pray in the Spirit at all times, with all prayers and supplications, and with all perseverance for all the saints. Pray in the Spirit at all times, with all prayers, and all perseverance for all the saints. Let's just begin with praying in the Spirit because it's a a critical one. If I ask you the question, what is prayer, how would you answer that? How would you define prayer? I think most of us would say that prayer is talking to God, which is true, but I like this definition better. Uh, Gary Millar did an um, exhaustive study of all the prayers in the Bible, and he, and he came up with this simple definition. Prayer is calling on God to come through on His promise. Prayer is calling on God to come through on His promise. That means that prayer is not the beginning of a conversation with God. Prayer is a response to a conversation that God began with us way back in the Garden of Eden when he promised that he would send a Savior to, to take care of our sin. Prayer is our response to God's speech and God's saving action in Jesus Christ. God has already begun the conversation. In prayer, we are responding to it. We are engaging with God's revelation and God's speech. And specifically, we're laying hold of everything that we're told about who God is and laying hold of all that He's promised us in Christ, all that He's accomplished for us in Christ. And so great prayers begin with, God, you said, or Lord, this is what you've accomplished, or Lord, you've promised this, and we want to talk to you about that. Prayers, you see, um, as Gary Millar said, calling on God to come through on His promises. Well, what does it mean to do that in the Spirit? To pray in the Spirit. I, uh, as as many of you know, when I was a, a young man, I was going to charismatic Bible study and learned a, a great great deal through the brothers and sisters there. And um, but one of the things that they that they tried to convince me is that this uh, this verse praying the Spirit means speaking tongues. And uh, they were very earnest and eager to try to help me to do that. And uh, I, I just, I didn't buy it then, I don't buy it now. I, I don't think that's what it's about. Uh, to pray in the Spirit is, um, well, maybe it's, it's helpful to understand it when we think about prayer that's not in the Spirit. Jesus talked about people and talked to people who, who prayed, but not in the Spirit. So the, the, the Pharisees, for instance, they prayed, They made a big show of it. But Jesus says, God takes no pleasure in their prayers. They they worship me with their mouth, but their hearts are far from me. Their their prayers didn't get right 10 feet off the ground. And then Jesus talked about the, the pagans. The pagans prayed, the priests of the various temples and religions, they all prayed. But Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 7, when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So there's prayer that's not in the Spirit. And Jesus then goes on in Matthew chapter 6 to say, when you pray, don't do it like the Pharisees, all lips, no heart. Don't do it like the the Gentiles, all talk, no understanding. When you pray, say this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you see the difference? That that's prayer in the spirit. That is responding to God according to who He is and, and what He has done and what He's promised to us. It's it's genuine heart communion with my Father in heaven. A relationship where I, where I'm. I'm asking that He would glorify His name because that's what gives me joy. And, and I'm asking that He would advance His kingdom, that His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And depending happily upon Him for my daily bread and to give me the grace to forgive others as I've been forgiven. <clears throat> so you see, the, the, the prayer that, that delights God and that changes us is... It's not the prayer of a religious routine but the engagement of your heart and your mind in concert with what God has revealed and what the Spirit's put on your heart. So there's real communion with God, not religious language aimed at His direction. I knew a man when I was a child who prayed. uh, The only time I I heard him pray, he he always prayed the same prayer, which was the Lord's prayer, which is a good prayer. And he always prayed it in exactly the same way. And I I could mimic mimic it. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I could say every time exactly that way. Same tone, same pitch, same inflection on every phrase. I don't think that's praying in the Spirit. I think that's punching out a card. That's just putting a little hole in your prayer card. We did that. I think a lot of praying that goes on in good Christian homes is just about that perfunctory. Just punching out the card. we got to pray. Kids, bow your heads. Let's pray. But there's, there's, no, there's no thought. There's no engagement. There's no leaning on God. There's no laying hold of God. Or, or, or very little. I'll just say it that way. Praying the Spirit means Have a sense of of the God to whom you're speaking and and that He's your Father in heaven and and have a sense of all the the glory of what He's done for you and all the blessings He's poured out upon you so that that you're responding out of your heart and, and, and with your mind. God, we worship you. We adore you. We need you. We love you. That's prayer in the Spirit. That's what makes prayer authentic and true and, and pleasing to God, and he, the, he loves to hear those prayers. And Paul says, now weave those prayers in the Spirit, weave that throughout all of your life so that you pray at all times in the Spirit. The Jewish custom, of course, had set times for prayer, but in the New Covenant, we're invited to the throne of grace at all times. So when you face temptation... We do, we, You can turn and talk to your Father about that. Father, I am weak right now. And the temptation is strong. And Jesus, I need your help. God will hear and answer that prayer, friends. When you're in the midst of a trial or some great heartache, Paul says, pray. For in the Spirit, talk to your Father about that. When you see something good and and, and beautiful... Give praise to your Father. When you see something evil, pray that it will be overcome. Go to your Father. Offer yourself to to your Father to the end of of engaging in some way, maybe bringing good in in a hard and wicked place. When you meet a lost person, pray for God your Father to be gracious to them. When you see someone that's in need or hurting, ask your Father for a compassionate heart and for wisdom to know how to bless them. When you meet with friends and you're looking forward to it or, or you get together or you come home to your family, pray that God would, would let you be a blessing to them and, and, re, and receive your friends and your family with great thanksgiving. Now, now why would we do that? Because that's, that's the prayer that the Bible talks about. that's, that's prayer is spiritual breathing. And that sort of prayer is God's ordained means of communicating His grace and His power into our life. It's how we live an authentically Christian life, not just a religious one. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Parents, let me just quickly ask you, how are you teaching your children to pray? Are you teaching them that there are just set times and set prayers? And again, it's not bad to begin with with, with set prayers. I grew up with Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. And I meant it. The thought about if I should die before I wake kind of got my, my attention. That was okay. But is that all it is? Or are, when, when they're crying because something hard has happened, do you say, honey, let's just talk to our father about that? Or when there's something they're, they're very anxious about, you can just are you teaching them to do prayer as a way of doing the Christian life? As spiritual breathing? That's what it is. And Paul says, do this at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. In other words, um, if our prayers are just petitions, we're, we're not breathing well. Prayer is this, is this robust, whole, holistic conversation with God. Um, the prayer that adds oxygen to your, blood, your spiritual bloodstream will be prayers that are saturated with praise and thanksgiving, confession, as well as petitions. Not that we shouldn't have petitions. Paul says, with all prayers and with all supplications. Uh, Peter writes, Cast all of your burdens on the Lord, right? 1 Peter 5 7. All of them. Cast them them on the Lord. Lord, here's what I have today, and and it's hard, and I don't know what to do, or I don't have the power to do it. and And I'm casting this anxiety today, all of it on you. What a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. And what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Do we have trials and temptations? I do. Do you? Is there trouble anywhere? Are you ever discouraged? Well, take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Breathe. Breathe. Right? It sounds so simple, but it's so important. I, um, <clears throat> I remember taking Lama's classes. When, for our first pregnancy uh, with Josh. And um, I remember my uh, profound skepticism when, when I was told that my, my job during the delivery was to remind Joanne to breathe. It felt a little bit like just giving me something to do to get me out of the way. <clears throat> it's like when you're playing football in the playground, right, and, you, and you, you're, you're the quarterback and you lay out the play. Okay, you go here, you do that. And then, the, and then the kid that's the worst on the team says, what do you want me to do? And you go, um, you just go along. <laughs> Um, and uh, that's kind of what it felt like uh, tell you what uh, Van Dyke why don't, you, why don't you just remind your wife to breathe well actually it's very important focused breathing uh, is well it's very helpful in, in, a, in a disorienting time pain is very disorienting and, and focused breathing as it's, it's shown helps to calm the mother down help, helps, helps uh, in the delivery process it's, it's not a little thing so Paul here, it reminds us that in every circumstance of life, breathe with focus. Think about the character of God. Think about what He's promised you in Jesus, what He's accomplished for you. Think about your future in Christ. Think about all the equipment, the spiritual armor that is yours in Jesus. Pray with focus, you see. Talk to your Father about all this. Lay hold of God's promises and do this with all perseverance. You just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Don't give up. Jesus tells the story in Luke uh, 18 verse one. Uh, he, he told it, his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up, and, and the parable, of course, is the parable of the persistent widow who, who needed justice from this reluctant judge, and she hounded him and hounded him and hounded him until finally he gave her what she asked for. And, and Jesus uses that parable, of course, to say if if persistence is that powerful in human relationships when we're dealing with sinful, lazy, reluctant people, if persistence can do that, how much more will persistence be a blessing to us when we're dealing with a gracious, loving Heavenly Father who loves to give us things? Loves to give us things. Little children learn the power of persistence, don't they? Mom, 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 mom. Mom, mom, mom. It's pers- Is it effective? Yep. It's effective. That's why they keep doing it. Uh, J- Jesus says pray like that. Father, 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 father. Not because he's, he's reluctant, but because he wants, he wants to bless you. Be persistent. And do this for all the saints. Not just for yourself. It's not wrong, of course, to pray for ourselves. We, we, we must pray for ourselves. But a spiritual a spiritually healthy Christian will not be so focused on their needs that they'll ignore the needs of, of those around them, the needs of, 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 of others and all the saints. If the Spirit of Christ is in you, if the love of God is poured out in your heart, you're going to be moved to pray for other people. Forgive us, Lord, my sin and, and give us our daily bread, but but my brother's sister over here has need of daily bread too, and they're in a really hard place. And Father, would you bless them? Would you encourage them today? Christian living is communal living, and Christian prayers then must be communal in that sense. Jesus is building a body, a family, a holy community of saints, and we're to pray to that end for that community. It's specifically required for leaders in the church. As we see in Acts 6, the, uh, the, the apostle said, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. But it's a calling, of course, for every believer. We're to pray for each other. One of the reasons um, we want you to be in small groups is because there you can, in a really intentional and intimate way, pray for each other. There you can share with one another, with people that you know and trust. This is what's going on in our life. This is what's going on in, in our heart. Here's a, here's a trial that we need, to really, we need you to pray for us. And, and here's a struggle that we're going through. And, or, or Here's a wonderful opportunity. We just need wisdom. When you're in a small group and people know you and you know them and, and you're praying together for those things, well, God promises wonderful things. That's how Paul thought. That's how Paul does ministry. You notice in, in the text here in verse 19, Paul says, Pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth, uh, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And he says it again a little further on. Uh, I, I want to I speak boldly. Paul knows that he's weak. It's hard to be persecuted. It's hard to be beaten. It's hard to be thrown into prison and threatened. And Paul, he's, he's, he's concerned that his weakness doesn't hinder the ministry of the gospel. And So what does he do? He doesn't take classes on how to speak with boldness. He, he says, folks, you need to pray for me. And pray this specifically. Pray that I will be given boldness, that I'll never shrink back from preaching Christ, no matter what threats I might receive. Give me, Pray that God would give me Boldness. And God heard and answered answered that prayer. In Acts 28, uh, we read a short description of this very period in Paul's life. When Paul's in prison, Acts 28, verse 30 31, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? Because people were praying for him. Friends, that's this is how it works. Prayer is spiritual breathing. Prayer is God's ordained means of communicating his power and grace into your life, into my life, and into the, our life as a church. That's how it works. This Wednesday night is our monthly prayer meeting. And if prayer is actually the spiritual breathing of a church and essential for the health of a church, would you come and pray with us? Would you think about that as a real option? I know you've heard uh, hundreds of times the announcement, and some of you have come from time to time, but many of you have never been. And let me just share some things that we need to pray about. The elders are dealing with some... Hard things right now. And they need spiritual wisdom. They need spiritual strength. They need spirit given patience and peace and boldness. And they need your prayers. They need your prayers. Would you do that for them? Would you come and lift up your brothers in prayer? We're in a time of transition as a church body. God is is on the move, and um, it's uncomfortable. There are people who've been here a long time who feel lost. There are new members who are wondering how to get plugged in. There are families that have been gone for a a while and are coming back and, and are trying to find their place, and none of it's easy. None of it's easy. Could we pray about that? Could we pray that God, by His Spirit, would knit us together? more and more as a family, a body of Christ, and, and give us the ability to, to, to move past what we're comfortable with or not comfortable with, it just move past the comfort issue and, and, and move into sacrificial love and, and joy and peace together. So there's not complaining or backbiting or, or just confusion or sadness, but there's actually excitement about what God is doing and could do for us. Could we pray about that together? There are children of harvest who are not walking with the Lord. And parents are brokenhearted, obviously grieving, not unclear how to help, what to do. Could we pray for children who are not walking in the Lord? children who know all the answers and yet have no interest in Christ and are, and are doing things that are deeply hurtful to their own body and soul, wouldn't that be something worth coming together on a Wednesday night and praying about? Of course it is. If prayer is breathing, if, if prayer is God's ordained means of communicating His power and His grace into our life, in our church's life, isn't, isn't that then what we would want to do? We have saints here at Harvest Church and around the world who are in deep need of our prayer. Missionaries who need our prayer. We have a community all around us who needs to know the Lord. And we have the calling to speak that to them. Shouldn't we pray about this? You see, a prayer meeting isn't just a program. It's not just something that goes on the calendar and and you hope a few people show up. If, if, if what Paul says here is true, and, and of course by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit it's true, then prayer is, is how we breathe as a church. It's how, we, it's how we do life together as a church. And so I'm going to invite you to come Wednesday night at 7 o'clock and pray. And I know some of you have young, have you, have young kids. I, I'd like to ask you to pray about that. Just pray about that. Is it? If if we're done at eight in your home and the kids are in bed by eight thirty, I know next the next day might not be fun, but could they maybe learn something in a prayer meeting that would go with them for the rest of their life? Just pray about it. Don't just make assumptions that that your lifestyle doesn't allow you to come to pray. And again, this isn't about let's just let's just drum up numbers. It, 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 It doesn't matter in in, in the sense of, right, the goal here, Paul's goal is not not just so we have a a, a robust program. The Spirit's goal is that we as a church grow in prayer, that we as a church grow in in the conviction that prayer is how we breathe, and prayer is how we do life together, and prayer is how we're going to see the body here knit together, and prayer is how we're going to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ our community, and our children, and our neighbors. Prayer is, is how the cause of Christ here is going to be advanced. It's through prayer. As we come in confidence, as we pray in the Spirit, as we pray laying hold of what God has promised to us, calling God to come through on those promises, and praying for all the saints at all times until Jesus comes again. Can we do that? May God grant it. Amen. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that You you teach us and train us. Father, I just confess how often we pray in a perfunctory manner as as though prayer were supplemental. And we begin a meeting and end a meeting. We begin maybe our day and end a day in prayer. But the whole of it is has spent depending on our resources and our insights and our abilities, our strengths, thinking about our needs, our hurts, instead of taking all things at all times in the Spirit to our Father and learning, Lord, to live by prayer. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would use the message this morning to teach us of what you intend in our prayers and how you intend to to bless us as we pray. And so, Lord, please write this word in our heart. And I thank you so much that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to die on a cross to, to open up this door. Father, I thank you that we get to do this. This is, this is not a burden you're laying on our back, this is an invitation to life and health and freedom and joy and peace and believing as our faith takes action and we lay hold of our God. Father, I I pray that that you would use your word and and by your spirit, Lord, teach us as a congregation, mold us together to pray. To pray with joy and to pray with faith and to, Lord, to have the, the blessing of seeing you hear and answer those prayers. And we give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's respond. We're going to sing together what a friend we have in Jesus all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything all the time to God in prayer. Let's stand and sing. benediction. We'll close singing together the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that our Jesus taught us to pray. And pray it in the Spirit. Pray it in truth as we close our service this morning. I want to welcome you back also this evening. We'll be looking at Psalm 77, a wonderful psalm for people in times of trouble. Receive now the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen.